0: The Monday Rewind Welcome to the first Rewind of 2015 Today we've got FA Cup football reaction and Leinster coach Matt O'Connor on their big win over Ulster in the Guinness Pro 12 As well as all that we've got Manchester United manager Louis van Gaal on why they took so long to beat Yeovil Also Arsene Wenger talks about beating Hull and why their festive period wasn't as bad as it seemed In Gaelic Football, we hear from Galway manager Kevin Walsh, Dublin boss Jim Gavin, Leicius Tommaso Flaherty, uh, Westmead's Tom Cribbon and Mead's Mick Dowd, among others. Also, court boss Brian Cuthbert. And not so much on their fairly facile win over Mary Immaculate, but on what went wrong in 2014, what they hope to correct in 2015 and the loss of three dual stars, Aidan Walsh, Damien Callan, and Owen Cadigan. All gone from the footballers. They won't play for them in 2015. Will that affect them? What does Cuthbert think? Well we'll hear from him. A little bit later on. In basketball. Former National Cup winning player. And manager Mark Keenan. Talks about a big night in Cork. Next Friday. I guess it's basketball. So we should say coach rather than manager. A Demons clashing with Travelodge Swords Thunder. And UL Eagles meet UCD Marion. we we'll start though with soccer. And Louis Van Hal. On why it took so long to break down League One side Jovel before eventually they won 2 0 at Huish Park with goals from Herrera and Di Maria.
1: Because it's not so easy. Everybody thinks, uh, okay, uh, th- th- these players are uh, uh, from Manchester United, uh, 100 million euros against uh, 5,000 uh, euros or something like that. But it is not like that. When you uh, can organize your team, like the manager of Jovo Town has done, and they believe in it, then you can uh, do a lot. But uh, I'm very happy that we have won. I'm very happy that we have uh, survived this uh, uh, festive period, because I don't have a big selection because of all the injuries. We have regained uh, ground to Chelsea, one point after the festive period, and we are in the fourth round of the FA Cup. What can a manager
0: wish more? This is the Rewind on News Talk, and that was Louis van Hal. Alexis Sanchez scored his 16th of the season for Arsenal as they beat Hull 2-0 in a repeat of last year's final, or last season's final. Well, it is last year's final now, isn't it? Because it's 2015. Anyway, Arsenal march on to the fourth round. Arsene Wenger has been talking about that win, Sanchez himself, and why it wasn't such a bad Christmas period there, sixth in the table, three points outside the top four.
2: Took us 82 minutes to score the second goal, but uh, overall uh, we had a positive performance. You scored that second goal, Alexis Sanchez
3: scored it, of course, and then you Mm. took him off straight away. Does that show us the importance that he is to you?
2: Yes, of course, and uh, he looks like he digs deep every time, you know. Even Mm. when uh, legs go a little bit, he refuses to give in. And uh, so when you can, You can spare him a few minutes to do it. But he's
4: played a lot of football for you
2: this season, hasn't he?
5: He's such a key player.
2: He has played a lot of football this season and uh, we'll have to play a lot more because we're going to a period now we are just halfway halfway through and uh, hopefully he will uh, uh, do it. What was the, uh, the key to this win today? Not Giving them a first goal, you know, because they looked they were organised to defend well. They kept well the ball, and for us it was important to be in front and keep uh, keep it tight. After at the back, we know that uh, once we are on a counter attack, we can score goals. And having rotated your players and keeping a clean
6: sheet, mm-hmm. I, I suppose that must have really pleased you this afternoon.
2: It does, because uh, for for me, one of the key uh, of the keys for the, the end of the season will be our how tight we can be at the back, you know, because we can score goals, you smell, but always we can create chances, but uh, we need the biggest stability at the back in the last four or five months.
4: Final question, Arsene. What's the situation with two of your front men going out on loan,
2: Yaya Sanogo and Lukas Podolski? From, from your point of view, what, what's going to happen there? Podolski will go to Inter uh, on loan uh, because uh, we got a decent agreement and... Uh, of course, we, I have so many options up front. When you look at the players who didn't play, he was frustrated for not getting a chance, what you can understand at uh, his age. And Sanogo is a different case. Sanogo uh, needs experience at the top level. He's ready to play and uh, he has some people in front of him. And uh, if he can get experience in the Premier League, of course, we, we might do it. Arsene, given how frustrated you were after Southampton, you please, a incident-free afternoon, you, it was a relatively calm 90 minutes. Relatively. You never know in football, uh, when you have my experience, you're always cautious. But, uh, yeah, we, we we did well. You know, over Christmas, uh, we played three uh, games away from home, Over uh, out of four. Uh, we got a draw at Liverpool, we won at West Ham, and uh, we got uh, defeated at Southampton. And... Uh, I was frustrated because uh, it was a bit of self-inflicted defeat and uh, that's always difficult to take. But overall, we, we had a positive Christmas. Two players maybe didn't stand out today, but they're doing such an important job. David Ospina, of course, getting a start. And Francis Cochrane, you brought him back from Charlton and he's slotted in, he's having a row of games and he's really helping this team out. He's doing very well. I think uh, one of the positives of our, Chris- of our Christmas period is Francis Cochrane on well, uh, defends well, wins the ball, and uh, passes it quickly and uh, I think is one of the positives of this period. How pleased are you that your players can now finally, after this hectic period, put their feet up for a couple of days and actually get their breath back it 's good for everybody, and uh, uh, we have not too many injuries. We have some people coming back for us now we go into a vital period, uh, you know now it matters. And uh, we have to another home game now. And uh, let's hope that we will do well until the end of the season.
0: This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Arsene Wenger. Still to come, we've got rugby and Gaelic football, but we're going to stick with soccer now. And as suspected, David Moyes is a good manager. Raf Diallo of Team 33 and Off the Ball is with me. Raf, Real Sociedad, who are now managed by Moyes, beat Barcelona 1-0 last night. You watch the game. How did they do it to
3: be honest it was pretty much what you call a back back to the wall kind of performance like you know they took the lead quite early on through Jordi Alba um, own goal and from there on in they just kind of sat back and it was it was almost agricultural football although i don't like to use that term as a countryman myself i've heard the term industrial football but it was really kind of long ball game trying to hit barcelona on the counter attack and nearly worked um a few times they nearly got in behind but uh, like it wasn't like it was it was hardly tiki taka meeting tiki taka. Let's just say it was. Um, yeah, it was just a really brave performance. And the one thing that really struck me was what a Spanish commentator said during the game that, you know, Sociedad seeing Under Moyes anyway in that in that game in particular. You know, they the amount of intensity he's brought to that team, which wasn't there before. They might have forgotten the technical side of the game a little bit, but you know, you're still beating Barcelona, who. Did probably, I mean, the manager, Luis Enrique, probably made a mistake in leaving out Lionel Messi and uh, Neymar, leaving them on the bench. He gave them a kind of extended Christmas break and they only got back to training two days ago. So they probably weren't match fit. But again, he's under under quite a lot of pressure.
0: Is it one of the kind of landmark results that makes... It looked like it's a big deal for Moyes, but it's actually kind of not that big a deal. Or is it genuinely a great win and a great managerial performance from David Moyes? Let's give the guy credit because no, I, I, I felt he yeah. was—I felt he was unfairly treated by Manchester United and the media and the fans.
3: I don't think Manchester United was the right club for him in terms of the pro, his profile. It wasn't the right time, perhaps? No, not at that point in his career. You know, he the clubs he'd managed, he'd what he'd done basically is take uh le- well Everton are a big club traditionally but you know they weren't uh, they weren't in a great place when he took over and it was mainly just kind of give them a good base they weren't going to... big club but they had to play like a small club pretty much i think that suited them and you can't redo really that like manual. Real Sociedad kind of yeah well in, in spanish terms they'd be well, probably about an Everton or something like that you know they're kind of mid table but um you know what he usually brings is resilience it's not you know you're not going to he's not going to dominate teams and i think that barcelona match suited him because he knew you know you can sit back hit on the break and uh yeah i know look he's it's difficult moving to a new country particularly for british managers who never really seem to do that these days and i'm sure he's still kind of getting to grips with the language and even the style of play and things over there but you know he's made a decent start two wins i think in six now um with a team that was struggling a little bit and really really inconsistent so it's looking up for the uh, for the second half of the season and what about the magic of the FA Cup does it still maintain the magic for you Raf? not particularly like I saw I watched two games one on the Saturday and one on the Sunday live uh, traveling down from Leitrim on the Sunday so I missed pretty much all the uh, kind of the the afternoon games but uh, look it there's something about it like I remember as a kid it would be something I'd always sit down and watch and I just couldn't really find that this time and actually that's something that's happened over the last few years and I don't think I'm alone in that either. Um, it's just maybe the fact that teams kind of their the big teams rest their players it doesn't feel like they take that seriously. It's almost like, you know, Arsene Wenger saying that fourth place is a trophy and actually that feels bigger than the FA Cup. But this weekend, you know, I watched um it was Swansea versus Tranmere who are down in League 2 and you know, it was a. You could see Tranmere players were kind of up for it, but Swansea, you know, even left out kind of Wilfred Boney and still won six two. You know, that's the that's the situation we're in now. Like, you you just kind of notice the gap between the big clubs and the little clubs. Even though there are the odd giant killings, um, we saw I think it was Sheffield United beating, um, QPR three nil. But then again, QPR are a team that have only got past the third round on two in two of the last fourteen seasons, so it's not really. Maybe it's not as big a scalp as we kind of think. Um, Otherwise, you know, Man United, okay, they made a little hard work of it down in Yeovil, but uh, you always kind of probably felt that they had enough to, to get through. Arsenal again, kind of injury hit, and thanks to Alexis Sanchez again, like they managed to get past Hull City, who weren't great either, Um, although I think the highlight for everybody was Jimmy Bullard in the BBC studio with a shirt that really wasn't there.
0: (laughs) Yes, he offended the fashion police with that one. Tonight, the draw will be made for the fourth round. That's Monday night, uh, depending on what time you're listening to this podcast during the week, the Monday Rewind. Uh, What about that fourth round clash? AFC Wimbledon hosting Liverpool.
3: Yeah, and uh, I don't know, like anywhere you go on the internet, they're kind of looking back. Sorry,
0: third round clash after the fourth round draw.
3: Yes, yeah. Uh, no, like anywhere you've been on the internet, I'd say, today or over the weekend, it's just kind of been reminiscing about yeah, the 90s. I'm kind of sick of the eighty eight thing, to be honest. I've had yeah. enough. My, my kind of take on, on the Newstalk website was to just look at the Anfield rap, the song that came out before, or the Liverpool sh- song that John Aldridge was uh, heavily involved in uh, in the lead-up to that final, rather than the game itself, which we all know the details. Steve McMahon getting uh, nailed by... Uh, vinnie jones early on and i
0: nailed he though i mean are we
3: making too much it has it has has it grown legs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. let's let, let it let it grow legs like you know there's uh there's yeah. no problem with creating uh, a legend out of Look, uh, i'm going along the
0: frozen soundtrack mentality <laughs> and message here and just letting it go let it go i let just go. i'm so sick of hearing at the 98 1988 sorry uh final ahead of this game i just, i can't tell you so i can't wait till this yeah, was well I, wasn't, actually I wasn't it. born
3: so I can't re- so Yeah, well it, I remember the game and I was
0: a Wimbledon fan for three weeks afterwards until I realised actually they're probably not going to do this again they're probably not going to no. win things um, much afterwards um,
3: well, like in terms of tonight's game you'd expect Liverpool to win um, otherwise yeah. it's the proverbial giant killing
0: yes and Spurs and Burnley that'll be interesting because it's an all Premier League tie
3: it will be Yeah, Burnley have actually been in pretty decent form um you know I thought they'd have been kind of a they'd be nailed on to go down but they're putting up a really really good fight they've uh, they've won a few games Danny Ings has been scoring goals and yeah they've been uh, they've been impressive enough given the, the lack of resources they have and Tottenham I mean just uh, on New Year's Day I was watching them absolutely tear Chelsea apart with and I know this is this is Tottenham like they can put a performance like that in but then like They'll, uh, you know, they'll flatter to deceive in the next game. So it's hard to, you know, it's one I wouldn't actually go out and really call because it's because of because of Spurs' inconsistency and uh, the fact that Burnley are actually as tenacious as can be.
0: This is a rewind on News Talk, and now it's time for rugby. At the weekend, Leinster overcame Ulster 24-11 to move to fourth in the Guinness Pro 12. That's just four points behind leaders Ospreys. Well, Jack Conan was forced into an early move from 6-8 to after Jamie Heaslip was injured. And so impressive was the 22-year-old's performance, Stuart Barnes named him Sky's man of the match. Let's hear now from a disappointed Ulster coach, Neil Doak. But first, Leinster's Matt O'Connor, who spoke to Dave McIntyre about a second half in which they outscored their opponent's Fifteen points to
7: five. You know, it was very, very pleasing. I thought we, I thought we managed the game very well. We looked after the ball. We, we put them under pressure and, and made them, made them exit. And it, it took us toll in the end. And from from that end, it was, it was very pleasing. I think, you know, we, we didn't execute on a couple of opportunities that we had, but you know, they were pretty cynical at the ball and made made us work very hard to to get over the line, which which they do every week. So so from that end, you know, the, the penalties came and we kicked our goals and we and we put them under pressure.
4: The first half almost seemed to encapsulate your season, very much in contention halfway through, not huge amount of inspiration with the ball in hand, not many line breaks, but you took the chances that came your way, and then it just seemed to go from one extreme to the other. Was there something specifically said at halftime, virtually taking the shackles off or something trying something that we hadn't? Because it just seemed like there was a sense of expression and a freedom in that second
7: half. Yeah, I mean, the, the message was pretty, was pretty simple at half-time, was just keep doing what we're doing, but do it better and do it with more intensity. And, you know, that they were hanging on, I thought, at stages in the first half, and the sin bin was, was pretty was pretty important in relation to um, the three points and the lead at half-time and, and coming down the hill with the, with a home crowd. We were pretty comfortable.
4: What would you have made of Ian Madigan's decision had that not led to a try? He just had that centre of the Maverick in him, doesn't he? I mean, it was a wonderful piece of opportunism and ultimately decided the game. Were you happy? Aside from the actual score, were you happy or unhappy with his decision?
7: Well, the decision's always right if you get the result. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that was important, you know, at that stage, early in the second half, them and men man down, we needed to get something on the scoreboard. And from that end, you know, hats off to Mads. He, he plays what's in front of him, and, he, and more often than not, he, he, he gets a result.
4: Jack Connor got the Man of the Match award. He got a try for himself as well. For a man who's only played 12 times this season and he's just 22 years of age, he's just another addition to the back row weapons that you have.
7: Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought Jack was outstanding and well-deserved um, man of the match, but I thought Geordie Murphy was brilliant. I thought Josh Vanderfly, the pair of them under tough tough circumstances, coming in for, for Geno very very late, did a great job.
4: Last five minutes, the RDS just seemed to ca- catch fire. It was like the Lencer of old. Are uh, we going to look back on this second half in three or four months' time and think that maybe that was a turning point in Lencer's
7: season? I dry well hope so, yeah. I mean it was it was it was good, it was all the things that we've we've tried to we've tried to get into our game over the last month or so and you know it was it was very very pleasing for the lads to finish the game like. That.
4: And finally sorry with Jamie Heaslip is it a serious injury or was it more uh, precautionary? Just
7: a, a slight A C joint.
4: Brilliant, thanks Matt. Neil twenty four eleven and the RDS rocking by the end of that game. Did you feel the final score was a fair reflection of how the play went over the eighty minutes?
8: I suppose you can't argue with the with the final score it is what it is um, we um, yeah look we got ourselves back in the game you know pretty well 16-11 um, you know I suppose when they got that that 8 point buffer you know they played some good rugby and played in the right areas and, and squeezed us a little bit and I suppose the pressure in the end just told we, we probably ran out of a little bit of steam and just weren't able to clear our own lines effectively enough to, to get a little bit of territory and, and try and uh, you know have another rattle of, of getting a bonus point at least, um, you know. So that's frustrating because you know I thought we played with great tempo in the first half and in good intensity. Both teams were hammering tongs at each other, and uh, you know our discipline probably in the end has cost us. Um, you know switching off just after half time, and uh, and Ian Madigan gets in for a score, and you know and then three or four times they get opportunities in the first half. You know, some soft penalties from our point of view, and you know they get nine points without really having to work massively hard for it. You know, whereas we've played some good stuff, um, and that's what we've got to try and get better at. That and when we do play with tempo and play with intensely and get opportunities, we've got to be clinical. And, you know, we've got to get you know five, you know seven, you know points on the board, and, and try and make sure that you know we get rewards for the for the hard work.
4: I think if you were to read the newspapers tomorrow you probably just summed up the entire game pretty well there the yellow card chance to Dan was a turning point in, in some ways particularly given the performance that he had put in in the build-up to it he was arguably the standout player in the
8: field Yeah, I looked on at it, done well um, You know, made some great hits uh, coming on the blind side of you know some of their ball carriers and, and helped us get a few penalties and a few turnovers uh, carried well and, and obviously a key line-out operator for us um, It was difficult enough when you're playing know the top teams with 15 guys you know to go down and maybe at the back end of the game maybe that's what told you know you play 10 minutes you know with 14 and other guys have got to do a little bit of extra work but to be fair to the guys you know they get in for the score and you know we're 16-11 and we're really in the mix there and yeah it's just frustrating you know when you you know continually away from home you know Munster and you know Scarlett's in the European Cup you know we get ourselves back in the game and we just don't finish things off you know with opportunities again um, but we need to look at our discipline away from home. You know that, that's it's key for us. You know, and just let them get some easy points on the board, and um, you know, put ourselves under a bit of pressure.
4: Uh, it's been a difficult couple of weeks. I can really sense your frustration. Is there a real feeling in this camp that you're not a million miles away from producing something consistently good? And it is just that extra five percent, that extra bit of discipline, that extra line break or execution that's holding you back?
8: Yeah. Look, we lost against Munster with one kick. Um, scarlets away, we missed a kick a goal to, to take a lead with four or five minutes to go, and um, you know it's been pretty frustrating because you know we had a number of injuries, you know, and, and you know maybe the fatigue is starting to set in for a few of the players, and you know we, we tried to freshen things up as much as we can, and, and obviously when you're playing the top teams, you want your best players and your, and your front line players playing as much as you know you can, and you know it's um, you know that's a frustration. You know we have a number. Of, you know, Nick Williams, Chris Henry, Andrew Trimble. You know, Jared Payne. You know, Wayne Henderson. They're, these are key guys for us that they need to be in the mix week and week out. And um, you know they've been out for a long term. You know, so it's frustrating from that point of view. But to be fair, you know, as you can see, you know, we're in the mix in games. So the guys that are coming in are doing, you know, really well for us. It's, you know, maybe just that lack of experience and just that lack of. Um, you know, nice of just getting that that little bit of a nudge and, and, and getting ourselves in front and just trying to kill games off and, and finish say, finish opposition, you know, when we get in the good opportunities. You know, and I think that's that's probably the learning, you know, over the last month that um, we get ourselves in the good opportunities and we just gotta f- get points on the board and you know and, and get a little bit of just rewards for the hard work.
4: Finally Neil you've talked already about maybe how the resources have been Stretched. you've got some big games coming up and you're right in the scrap for the top four places in the Pro 12. So where does this trip to Toulon feature in your list of priorities in the Champions Cup? I mean, is Europe a write-off now? Are you guys still feeling that there's, you know, an outside chance that the miraculous could take place?
8: (laughs) Yeah, look, there's there's obviously a mathematical chance of us uh, getting through. Um, But look, you know, Toulon are pretty formidable away from home. You know, we're under no illusions with regards to that, and you know we'll just have to take stock over the weekend. with a few battered bodies out there tonight, so we we'll just have to see, um, you know, how they uh, how they fare over the weekend, um, and also with the European squad, with the injury list that I've named there. Um, obviously, that that puts res- you know resources stretched again. That um, with a few bodies that are playing tonight that aren't in that European squad. You know, so we'll just have to take stock over the weekend and, and, and see what uh, what the injuries come through like and, and what the, a few of the battered bodies are like uh, come Monday
4: Finally Neil, Tommy Bowe, he was in the wars pretty much in the first 10 minutes today there was claret and there was bandaging and there was a head injury is he okay or was it just uh, one or two bumps of bruises finally that court forced you to take him off or something more serious?
8: Yeah look he, uh, he got a bit of a bump in the leg and um, you know everybody could see that you know, the bandaging on his leg and he just started to stiffen up a little bit and, you know, we've just got to manage those guys and um, we've got enough injuries and we've taken, you know, major risks. And, uh, Is there
4: anything Joe Schmidt should be worried about?
8: No, I hope not. You know, and, you know if it's, uh, if it's just a dead leg, then he should be fine. Thanks
4: for your time. Appreciate it. No
8: problem.
0: This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Ulster coach Neil Dokin. Given the injuries they have, you really have to feel for them. Uh, Before that, we heard from Leinster coach Matt O'Connor. Don't forget the Ulster-Toulon game that uh, David was talking about. Well, Toulon-Ulster because it's on at the Stad Felix Mayall uh, is live on News Talk on January 17th. GAA now and the season has started with almost every county ...in action yesterday. You can get all the results on Newstalk.com forward slash sport. The headline act in a crowd sense was Armagh and Tyrone in the Dr McKenna Cup at the Athletic Grounds in Armagh. Tyrone won the game one twelve 12 to 10 points. Three Armagh players were sent off including Ciarán McKeever 10 minutes in, Finney and Moriarty 50, 42 minutes in and Aaron Finden 68 minutes in. At that... I suppose has provided the main discussion point today. Those three sendings off. And let's hear now from Kieran McGinley, the RMA manager, who spoke to BBC Northern Ireland on those red cards. But first, the delay of a half an hour to the start of the game due to crowd congestion.
9: Explain there, like you no. Know, I suppose it's going to make the headlines tomorrow, but I just thought it was stupid. We seem to be the only sport that delays games because people are late. You no, know, they're saying it's a health and safety issue. I couldn't see that. Like from where I was standing outside with the crowds,
5: they just hadn't enough people in the gates. So
3: were you being kept aware of the situation because I
5: think there was, a, there was a conversation that it was going to be delayed 15 minutes and then it became you no know, we
9: were told at 10 to 2 that it was going for 15 minutes then we were told that whatever it was 10 past that it was going to half Like so it was once at a Mess up after the other but it's sort of beyond our control so you just sort of have to take it on the other
5: How frustrating is that whenever you, you know, sports science is such a major part of Gaelic football now and, and presumably <clears throat> your, your warm-up was tailored towards the players being ready um, how big an impact did it have on that and maybe there even a the risk of injury for the players Yeah, it
9: does have a risk of injury but it's the same for both teams so, you know, we, we can't complain about it because you know, it's an even-stevens when you go out there so it happened that we couldn't do anything about it it's beyond our control so you just hope to see that it doesn't happen in NGA
5: What was your overall assessment um, of the team's performance? Yeah, it was a
9: good game, you know, like I suppose just the numbers caught us at the end, like, you know. Got the last couple of scores, like we didn't score like at the end of both halves, but like we like, lost a lot of key players and then a couple of men, like, you know, and we sort of just ran out of legs.
5: In terms of the two men who were sent <coughs> off, and um, what what's your view of the two situations? Do you feel that they were justified?
9: It's I think Kieran said he was sent off for contributing to a melee. I think we sort of said to him but listen, like you know, there was a lot of talk beforehand about different players and Sean had mentioned it a couple of times that's... I bet he thought he was pushed around the last time. We would have seen it probably different the last day, since like it was from the throw up it happened. Like, um, but you know, he started his ground. he tried to make a point today. Like, and we ended up with the man sent off. So, and
10: then the second half Finnians one.
9: Yeah, like I suppose he was unlucky. Like that, those things happen. The man ducked into the tackle. Like, um, again, the consistency is. You know, those head height tackles in both halves. Like You'd like to see if one's yellow, then like, the other one's are yellow. But depending on probably sometimes who, who does it, like, it can change. Like.
0: Kieran McGinley speaking to BBC Northern Ireland. This is the Rewind on News Talk. Let's hear from Tyrol manager Mickey Hart now. He was pleased with what he saw and the return of Cahill McCarran. But first, he gives his view on a game that saw four sendings off and numerous yellow cards.
4: I think there was a lot of cards flashed, um, you know, and, and, and maybe a, a different referee making just about as many. I don't think, you know, if you read this in the cold light of day, you'd think this was an awfully. Difficult game and, and very, very bad tempered game, and it really wasn't. You know, other than a bit of a, a spill at the start, there wasn't really anything of note, you know, that you'd say this is a very dirty or rough game. So, you know, it's not a reflection of how the game was played, but history will say there was X amount of yards, and people might read different things into that. I not Catherine was a great addition for
6: his mic. He, he definitely was one of the contenders for Man of the Manchester. Oh, absolutely.
4: Great. I mean, we've seen him since he came back there uh, to join us in training, he's in great form and great shape and um, he is a very good defender, and, and, and I say for not having played football for so long at that level, he adapted very quickly, and, and if he continues to progress that way, then he'll be a serious asset us as the season goes on.
0: Mickey Hart there in the McGrath Cup. It's hard to know what Cork learned from their 7.20 to 4 points win over Mary Immaculate College in Mallow. They'll meet me Tip in the quarter-finals next weekend. Well, rather than focusing on a facile result, Cork 96FM and C103GAA correspondent Finbar McCarthy Asked the rebels boss about bouncing back from last year's disappointing championship, the dual players opting for hurling and a change to his coaching setup, he started though by asking about what looks like a very tough Alliance League campaign, which starts next month.
11: Yeah, it's a very very difficult Division One this year, but what, what other way would you want it? Um, it's really going to test the character of the squad now to go up to North four times and have uh, the Mayo Dublin and Kerry game at home, and um, which are going to be tough games to win as well. So it, it's, every every week is going to be a difficult difficult task, but that's what you want. Uh, that's what the players want that's what the management want they want to test themselves against the very best and uh, and see where we go and uh, you know last year we had a good enough league um, you know the Dublin game uh, the semi-final against Dublin kind of killed us in, in lots of different ways <laughs> but uh, I think uh, you know if we have a, a league this year as good as that in terms of results we will be okay
6: and just two final points a change to the management team Ronan McCarthy stepped down for uh, work commitments and an introduction of Pat Flanagan
11: yeah Ronan's a big loss to us he did all the coaching last year and and uh, you know, he's a very, very solid guy and, um, you know, I'm sure he won't be last to Cork football long term, but uh, he became principal of the uh, of Nagle Community School and um, he's doing a master's in education as well and he has five small kids, so it, something had to go and, uh, you know, when you put those three things together, obviously the football is the thing that had to be uh, given up and, um, you know, we're very sad to lose him, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm sure he'll be back again at some stage, but... Uh, and then Pat has come in with us um, this year, and he's been a big addition. But uh, you know, it's early
6: days; so we've a long way to go. And final question: uh, We do know that Aidan and Damon have opted for hurling. Disappointing, but that's the choice they made.
11: Yeah, look, um, you know, I would love if, if everybody um, of the of the three, if all three of them were, were, were going to play football only, it would have been great. But um, you know, there, there was no pressure put on them from, from me. There was no pressure put on them from Jimmy, and uh, I think the players themselves decided at the end of last year they had no choice but. Uh, to play one game only because uh, they would have been happy with the way things went for them uh, on a personal level and, and maybe from a team level as well. And um, basically, you know, maybe in September all three of them had decided that they were going to play one game or the other. And Jimmy and I just let it up to him and said, Look, come back to us when you made up. And uh, I think for our squad, anyway, certainly, you know, right now it's. it's, 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 it's 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 important that they know that they have everybody all the time, and uh, you know, didn't work out really well. The, the fact that we had me you know, three guys half the time last year, um, but look, it is what it is now, and it's water under bridge. And 2015
0: started, and we're, we're driving on with that. This is the rewind on news talk, and that was Cork manager Brian Cupperth. The FBD League now, and for new managers, these competitions can provide the opportunity to build momentum and confidence, I guess, in themselves and their squad. Uh, Galway's Kevin Walsh is one such manager and he watched his side beat Sligo 14 points to 5 at a very windy in uh, after the game he spoke with Galway BFM's Kevin Dwyer about what he was looking for from this match and if he got it, the big thing today wasn't necessarily results this time of the year. You know, the
12: thing was to, for certain individuals to put a bit of a stamp, uh, maybe on, on where they are themselves and personally. And uh, look, at the, no doubt you uh, know Sligo have a lot stronger panel than that as well. You know, they're they obviously doing the same as what we we're doing, so results probably wasn't in, in, in the forefront of their minds either. But at the same time, you know, when you're winning that much possession and playing nicely, it's nice to get the scores up and actually get the win. So I'm delighted to get the win those boys because, in fairness, I think they deserve it. You know, maybe sometimes we lost the ball in contacts we didn't need to lose it. Uh, we Got punished three or four times against them to the play and still without commencing winners. So it was nice to see the boys finish off strong as well. You know, a happy New Year start for Galway. Right, yeah, Kevin. Look at the, you know the results are nice as well at the end of the day. And uh, but you know this FBD competition is really about trying to find a few players. And uh, you know as, as, as it goes longer, it's look at it's nice to get a few results too to be heading into the
0: national league. But it's all about trying to find a few players. Well, louds Colin Kelly was in charge for the first time also. At the Wheat County, received a bit of a beatdown from Kildare and Newbridge. one sixteen to 7 points in the Board amona O'Byrne Cup. After the game, the new Louth manager spoke to LMFM's column Corrigan about Wednesday's game with UCD at Haggardstown. But first, their results yesterday. You know, in the, in the immediate aftermath,
6: it's probably difficult to say, what, you know, what should actually take for... We, like, we're under no illusion as, as to the, the task at hand and as such. We can down here probably... Eight or nine guys short of what we'll be probably short when we go to Fermanagh. Um, and it, it, the most disappointing aspect for me was that, you know, offensively we didn't create more than, than, you know, to score seven times is, is obviously poor. But then on the other side of it, I suppose, like, like you're playing an experience there for Kildare. I think they've probably 10 or 11 first-team regulars there. So they're in a different place than we are at, at the minute. But, you know, look, we just we'll just get on with it. We'll take the look at the video tomorrow night, see what we can pull out of it and, and just plan into Wednesday and Sunday, but it's a difficult week for us with the with the size of the squad and you know we're carrying thirty two guys and then we have we have five lads away in college duty and, and you know for small squads it's very difficult to sustain that.
3: Mm. A chance for other fellas to come in and maybe make the mark. Anyone that particularly impressed for you today? I suppose
6: you know you've 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 guys like um Kevin Toner, John Connolly David McComish, like they're all, it's all new to them. Tommy Don and I thought did very well you know, coming from from junior club football. It's a massive step up for him coming in. Um, we'll get uh, Craig Lynch in, in some game time into him now. Um, we we put Desi in eleven to get some game time into him. But uh, overall, I think the group have, have done well. It's a learning curve for them. It's not an easy place to come to. Um, it's a competition that 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 Kildare have probably done very well in the past. And as I said, there is a gulf and. You know, it's 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 stark and it's obvious there for everyone to see. And and you know, this is you know, guys are going to have to be patient. It's 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 a long term project, this and we'll just we'll just deal with it. But overall, it's great to get some 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 debuts into guys and, and take it from there.
3: I mean, it's games like this. I suppose that you learn wh- where you're at, and uh, it's only when you play these sort of games and teams like Kildare that uh, you know where you stand.
6: Yeah, well, probably especially a team like Kildare who who. Probably have been the best-conditioned team in the country for the last four, five, six years. So, in an early in an early season game, coming to a place like this is going to be even probably more difficult than obviously Dublin or something like that would be tougher. But I'm, I'm saying in, in general, Kildare's conditioning has always been top-notch. They're an experienced bunch. They're probably pushing, you know, mid twenties, early twenties. Where we have guys coming in that that's totally inexperienced and. <sighs> As I said to you, it's you know we're working off a small squad. It's good to get game time into fellas, and, and you know we'll, we'll push forward to Wednesday.
0: This is the rewind on News Talk, and that was Lowes manager Colin Kelly. Their neighbours Meath had a better day with a one thirteen to ten points win over Westmeath and Mullingar. After the game, Royals manager Mick Dowd spoke to LMFM's PJ Moran about filling the void following some high-profile retirements, but first getting off to a winning start.
10: Ah, yeah, it's great to get the season up and running. We've been training hard over the last couple of months, so. Um, uh, you know, we're a month away from first round of the league. It's important competition in advance of the league. So it's nice to come down and get a win away from home.
4: You started a fairly inexperienced side and uh, your hand was forced somewhat at half-time to bring on a few of the lads with the number of yellow cards picked up in the first half.
10: Yeah, that, that was just a little bit unfortunate for Darren and, and, and Nicky. You know, they've been doing well and uh, they just picked up yellows and then a kind of a second tick. So uh, it was important for the game and for, for our, you know, opportunity to win the game that we just re- replaced them at half time uh, and David Dalton as well, we took David off, he's just coming back from injury so a half, a half was enough for him today. A couple of high
4: profile retirements and the, an extensive injury list still but that presents opportunities for other players.
10: It does, yeah. Look at, I mean, the, the, the players that left, it's, it's always tough to see real, you know, warriors kind of of the dressing room, you know, leaders inside the dressing room and uh, hard-working players on and off the pitch leave, uh, it, 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 always, it always leaves, leaves a, a void, but um, it's all about kind of the next generation in, in every team, you know, and building them and mapping them and having them ready to come in and... Uh, getting the experience into them you know some lads that play over and Cup this year they may not play league but they might play it next year you know and that's kind of the way it is and that's our approach over the last couple of years
6: Will we see much uh,
4: change from the panel that you use today in the rest of the competition?
10: Uh, I'd expect uh, three or four players will be added to it from that aren't training with us. Uh, again, just to map them and get to get game time into them and, and, and see how they're progressing on Wednesday night. And then on Saturday night we should have three or four more of the main panel uh, who are training this morning available for Saturday night. But um, uh, I suppose we have about five down with, with the college, playing, playing Auburn Cup with the college as well.
3: How are the injury, injury
4: players at the moment?
10: Yeah, so I suppose the, the main ones um, that are nursing long-term injury, uh, uh, Eamon Wallace should be back. He's recovered well from his cruciate injury. He should be back early February I'd imagine uh, Conor Gillespie probably a little bit later because it obviously happened later uh, so maybe March would be, would be when he'd be, he'd be back uh, Kevin and Shane O'Rourke are nursing, uh, rehabbing from hip injuries so you know it's just kind of week by week we see how they're progressing and um, Killian O'Sullivan is not training with us at the moment but he's, he's rehabbing from a back injury and we kind of hope that he can come back strong from that as well. They're, they're most of the, the long-term injuries, really.
0: This is the Rewind on News Talk, and that was Meads manager Mick O'Dowd. West Meads manager Tom Cribben wants a win more than anything else as his side lost every big game they played last season. Now, Cribben is a new man in, but he's dealing with maybe some legacy issues. The new Maroons boss spoke to Midlands 103's Killian Whelan about what went wrong in yesterday's match?
13: We finished very poorly. Um, we, we definitely lost our confidence. Um, you know, when Brian Menton cut through and got a couple of great points straight through the heart of our defence, he seemed to give them a huge boost and, um, we were struggling big time. We couldn't win a kick out and, uh, you know, then the goal just put the cap on it. And after the goal, we just, we just seemed to throw in the towel. You know, uh, our confidence just hit rock bottom and, um, it's something we know we've to work on, but I thought the way things were going, a trend and a few challenge matches, but like challenge matches or challenge matches, you know, competitive action is the one that really tells you and um the boys were very nervous before the game. Um, you know, so hopefully we can get on top of that over the next couple of weeks. You mentioned
5: nerves and I heard you say it to the press down below, is that because of this long run now of losses or something like that that you feel that it's just getting into the guy's psyche that it's now going to be as important maybe on the physical level but no psychological level that you're going to have to work on too?
13: Oh, without a doubt, like confidence is everything, you know, like even if your fitness level isn't there, um, you know, if if the confidence isn't there you can do nothing, you know, but you know, you can work on everything else and we will have to work hard in the confidence issue as well um, because we definitely didn't have belief when push came to shove there today and um, that's what I felt cost us more than anything you know um, and you know even in the first half the pace of the game the few easy frees we missed um just you'd be very very it was more like a bit of an old handy challenge match the first 35 minutes and uh, we were very disappointed with ourselves and They went out and they started reasonably well. It was a different bit of pace to them. But when the questions were asked of us, um, we didn't believe in ourselves, you know.
0: So that's Cribbin on confidence. But uh, will the county be with or without Desi Dolan for 2015? Let's hear what Cribbin had to say. Well,
13: Desi, you know, we made no contact yet because, like, he only finished in, you know, late November. And, um, you know, he definitely would have needed a a decent break to refresh and, um, you know, We'll probably make contact over the next while, and um, yeah, see you know how he's feeling, how the body's holding up, and if he thinks there's something to offer, and uh, you know then we we'll make a decision on that.
0: This is a rewind on News Talk, and it's time now to hear from Dublin manager Jim Gavin, who watched his side beat NUI News one twelve to one five at Parnell Park. O'Gara scoring one three for an experimental Dubs starting fifteen. After the game, Gavin spoke to the waiting media. Yeah,
14: it was a, it was a spirit performance. Uh, work rate was high. Um, you know, so, some some uh, Quite a lot of scoring chances, technically, didn't take, didn't take a lot of them, but uh, I couldn't, uh, you couldn't fault the, the heart and endeavour from the players. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, good to, it's good to get back on the road again.
10: No, you must be delighted as well. Shane Carthy back and he's put a great performance there. Today. He must have covered every blade of grass on the pitch.
14: He did, yeah. Shane put a big shift in. It's uh, great to see him back. He's been, he's been training well the last few days So um, and he's a great spirit and, and the team in general, are, 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 are in good form. So it's um, good to see Shane back. Did you deliberately take off, as the game went on, take off the, the experienced players to leave young players to ha- have to work it out themselves? Yeah, I think that, that, that was part of the logic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a competition. It's a pre-season tournament. You want to see put players in, in situations, difficult situations. There was only five, six points in their one stage, and I Minut mean, to come back strong enough. So it was a time to see, as you say, guys... Uh, Try to make those right decisions on the field of play uh, and put them in 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 scenarios where they had to try and figure it out for themselves without, the, I suppose, more experienced players around them. So, um, but I thought that they handled it very well, and, and they closed. the game out well and against a very good minute side. So uh, I suppose first and foremost, give me character any day. That's what we always look for in our players. Um, you know, players with, with, with uh, you know, obviously, with a great passion for the for, for football, but uh, you know, just with with a, with a strong mental resolve and. A willingness never to give up, and uh, that's that's. Uh, if you have that trait, you're certainly uh, up in our spotlight. But technically, we're looking for technically strong players um, who have a you know tactical game sense about them. And um, sometimes that can be difficult to see in, in, in club football. Um, uh, when you put them out at this level, uh, you, you find an awful lot. So, you not know, that was, it was a very fruitful exercise in that part. And um, you know we've got two good games now coming up against Offaly and Leash. And a big positive in the likes of uh, Owen Hargreaves starting, as you mean to go on. He was hungry. He was aggressive. He just wanted to be involved in everything out there today. Yeah, and he he, got a final return it was three, I think. Yeah, he played very well, and uh, you know, he he showed again a great endeavour. Wanted, wanted to get on the ball. Um, and it's good to see from a player of his experience to be so hungry, so early in the season is is a great trait to have, and that's what we're looking for. That character I mentioned. It
10: looked like there might have been a few tweaks to the way you, to the way he played last year, Jim. That maybe more numbers committed to defence when he didn't have the ball today.
14: I just thought defensively we were very solid. Yeah, um, you know, John Small played very well at 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 six. He's not available now. He's got uh, exams during the week, so one or two w- w- won't be available because of that. And you know, we 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 always say this time of the year, academics is, is the most important things for these players. lives, not 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 football. Um, but he 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 put on the big display there today, and um, you know, he he's um, he uh, he certainly you know commanded that position very well. So that was good to see the defensive. Uh, System was solid, created a lot of scoring opportunities. I think it returns went forty percent, which shouldn't be good enough later on this season. But at least we created them, and, and uh, for this part of the season, you know, we're happy with the with the, the endeavour and, and the character that we are shown today.
0: This is the rewind on News Talk and Leash opened their Bord na O'Byrne Cup campaign with the two twelve to eight points defeat to Offaly in Port Arlington. After the game, O'More County manager Tomaso Flaherty wasn't complaining, but he did outline the circumstances some managers face at this time of the season. Dave McIntyre started by asking how many of his first teamers... Were available to him.
12: Well, um, <laughs> off the top of my head, I suppose we had about you know maybe six, seven, maybe of uh, about thirty odd. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and but that
4: on the face of it, it just sounds like such a difficult job for intercounty managers this time of year. I mean, how tough is it?
12: Uh, well, I suppose it gives you an opportunity to try out other lads who wouldn't get a chance otherwise, and uh, I think these competitions you use them for, uh, you know, checking out other lads to see are they up to this level. Or not and sometimes lads come through these, and you know you call them into the panel, and uh, a lot of it is you know working uh, towards that, uh, and also to working towards the national league. Um, a lot of our lads they've played college football uh, this weekend. They've played, uh, you know, they've you know they played in the Hastings Cup and the Twenty One competition yesterday as well, and some of those lads had to play as well today. Uh, so it's a thing that you have to manage, uh, but. You know that's the way the fixtures are, and we have to we have to fulfil fi- the fixtures, and we send lads out, and we brought in a good few new lads there today.
4: Your first season went pretty well, and that aside from Donegal, I think Leesha were the only team to give Dublin a real scare over the course of the championship, and you sort of mid-table safety in Division Two of the Allianz League. What are, what are the goals for this year?
12: I suppose, you know, first of all, this is uh, uh, the first Sunday in in January and our target now at the moment is, you know, to uh, a lot of lads that are injured to get them back uh, fit again so that they're ready for us for the National League. I suppose we're also preparing uh, for that first game in the National League to see who we have and who is up to it. Uh, and then, you know, the National League, I would like us to be competing better this year again uh, In it, our first game against um, Westmead in and, uh, and Mullingar is going to be, you know, that's going to be a big game for both counties And uh, we're looking forward to that and, you know, uh, doing our best in that
4: What sort of training has been done at the moment? Are the lads having the legs run off them or is some of that work already done?
12: Do, what were you tailoring it at the moment? Well, no, we, we don't want to run the legs off the lads, you know, we just have to... Um, you know we have uh, we've sat down and see what kind of training we need we also need to have a keep a close eye on lads that are training with their colleges and playing with the colleges and uh you know, we have to manage that properly. Uh, it's pointless uh, running those lads into the ground because you know they're going to be, you know, they're going to be knackered then. Mm. Uh, and we we want to keep them fresh all the time. So there's some nights, you know, some of those lads that are trained with the college, and we have to rest them that night and let them do a recovery session instead.
4: You're obviously travelling a lot with this job, and I'm sure it's on your mind with every mile that you cover. Miko used to always talk about where he loved the drive and gave him a chance to think about things. What can be achieved in a county like Leash? Like, do you see a po- possibility that they can win a provincial? title under your tutelage, your time in charge
12: Well, that's what we would be you know' um, working towards all of the time that uh, you know any game that we go out we go out uh, to compete uh, and uh, you know to get the better of the opposition in every game that we go out um, and you know you have to do that step by step we would like maybe to pro- progress um, further this year now um, you know we have uh, the championship in in May and uh, you know, We're working towards that. We would like to have a stronger panel uh, this year, uh, and uh, we're working towards that at the moment as well.
4: You, is it a realistic proposition that a county like Leash can topple a really big county, whether it be, say, in a final round of the qualifiers or in a Leinster final? Is it something that can actually happen now, given the way the game has gone over the last five or six years? Uh,
12: it definitely can. Um, that's what we would be uh, working towards all the time. Uh, the players themselves are anxious and they're very hungry. They're working very, very hard at the moment, you know, to get them into shape for the league. And you know, when the championship comes along, then that we are uh, going to be ready for that. But um, uh, we don't look at it as if uh, one or two counties are going to uh, win the com- these competitions every year. We want to be in there amongst them.
0: Tommaso Flaherty speaking to off-the-balls David McIntyre. That's the football and don't worry if you didn't hear from your county today, you will at some stage throughout the season on News Talk and of course the Monday Rewind podcast. Remember, if you have anything you want to talk to us about, you can contact us on mondayrewind at newstalk.com. Basketball now, and I guess when someone mentions the Cup, one thinks back to the glory days of the 80s and packed out venues across the country, including Neptune Stadium in Cork. Well, the crowds may not be as big as they were, but this weekend the Cup semi-finals returned to Leaside with both the Mardike Arena and Neptune Stadium in use. On Friday night in the men's semi-final, CNS Demons, who are the league leaders at the moment, take on second place Travel Lodge Swords Thunder. That one starts at 9, while at 7, UL Eagles meet UCD Marion. On Saturday night at Neptune Stadium, Team Montanati Hotel Glenmire meet DCU Mercy at 8, while at 6, it's Colester against the UL Huskies. Well, Mark Keenan won as a player with road speed, as Corinthians were known, in 1989, beating a star-studded Demon side. He added titles with uh, Glasnevin side St. Vincent's before eventually becoming a coach, uh, winning with Colester and then Limerick. Keenan is now coaching Templeogue and ahead of Friday night's doubleheader, we sought his analysis and first an explanation as to why it's the cup and not the league that captures the imagination.
5: Yeah, it's the biggest weekend, you know, in the in the basketball calendar. The hype around the cup, you know, the media coverage, um, the fans tend to come out, you know, that for those special weekends. So it's every player's kind of dream to make it to the to the final, as it is now, or semi-finals, because with, with it being split, you get two good weekends of uh, of uh, of high intensity and and big crowds. So yeah, and I, as a coach, obviously, you, you want to get there as well and play at the highest. On the highest stage, you know, so it's a it's a big thing,
0: good or bad thing that it's now split. Um,
5: I I personally i i, I think I prefer going back to the old, uh, you know, play your semis on a Friday and you know and get out then on the Sunday for the final. I think that was a special weekend thing, and and the place was packed, you know, the the arena was packed for that whole weekend. Uh, having it split now and then, having the fans kind of split. Uh, people tend not to you know I might go to one weekend and not the other weekend so I I, I prefer to bring it all back to one let's talk
0: about the games themselves especially the Friday night matches the men's semi-finals Travel Lodge Swords Thunder up against CNS UCC Demons Demons are the home team they're also the form team
5: yeah well, I'd say both teams are in form Demons uh, playing in their home court uh, in in the UCC will, will have a bit of home court advantage but as a, uh, Swords you know, have been down there already this year they know what the environment is going to be like and they played a good game down there uh, losing by 14 points but did put it up to Demons uh, so th- they're on a great run themselves so I-, I think the key, who on the Swords team can stop or can contain Colin O'Reilly uh, for Demons that's going to be huge who's going to be able to shut him down and then how influential can Isaac Westbrooks be? Uh, Demons have a great guard and, and Kyle Hosford. You know, are they gonna cancel each other out or you know there's in some interesting matchups there.
0: And both teams came off the Christmas break in an ideal way. Travel log source thunder last Sunday uh, here at the arena, beating UL Eagles and Demons getting a win against their crosstown rivals Neptune.
5: Yeah, I mean that, that was a huge win. Uh, for Demons down there and you, you just wonder what, was it a bit too easy for them you know they probably would have liked a tougher game going into next uh, next weekend so will they be a bit complacent uh, we'll have to wait and see but uh, again Swords probably had an easy-ish second half against UL as well so uh it's uh, it's hard to you know all their minds would have been on next Friday so it'll be interesting to see it's going to be a tight game I reckon
0: now UCD Marion who lost last weekend in the league but they did get a bonus point a losing bonus point uh, against Killester are up against UL Eagles who are in horrific league form but their coach Paul Kelleher says they're not actually playing that badly they're not losing by much they are creating opportunities they're maybe just not nailing them
5: yeah I can I can see where Paul is coming from they, they, they created a lot of opportunities last weekend and they they just gotta maybe keep playing uh, the same way, but they just gotta finish those opportunities. Uh, the cup competition is always throws up some you know remarkable results. So I mean I wouldn't be surprised if uh, UL beat UCD next week. You know if they came out with that uh, underdog performance, UCD will be a bit disappointed coming off a loss, but. They are a, a quality side, you know, and they've shown that in the league throughout. So uh, they will be the favourites, and whether UL then can can turn them over, it, it, I I fancy maybe that could happen.
0: For the neutral, is it a good geographical spread, and is that a good thing? The fact that you've got um, two Dublin teams and two country teams, one from Cork and one from Limerick, involved.
5: Yeah, I suppose it keeps uh, it keeps everybody around the country, you know, interested. Uh, obviously, the Cork. Demons fans will will all go. I wonder will probably the Neptune fans won't won't venture out. Uh, but yeah, you're going to get a good crowd from Dublin going down. Yeah, next Friday, so that'll be that'll be good for the Dublin teams.
0: What about Temple Oak? Disappointed, no doubt, to miss out on next weekend. But it all starts again on the 17th, and uh, you've got a game then.
5: Yeah, we're 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 back at home on the 17th against UCD. So. Whether they're going to be coming off the, a semi-final win and may, maybe they're going to be looking ahead to the final, we'll uh, we'll have to see. But look, we're we are disappointed in not making the the cup semi-final. We're happy with making progress of getting through the first round of the cup. Um, and when we came up against a very tough Swords uh, Swords Thunder team, but look, we we made a step forward this year in that competition, and hopefully next year we can go the extra you know step and make the semi-final.
0: Because the Cup features live TV coverage, the only live TV coverage of basketball throughout the year, it's going to be live on TG Cahar. Is it hard to motivate guys when you go out of it or can you very much lift them for the league? Because that's the bread and butter. That's your week in, week out.
5: It, it, is, it, it is a bit of an di- initial disappointment when you get knocked out. But, look, we, we've had to refocus ourselves over Christmas and say, look... It's it's the league for us. We want to finish as high as possible, uh, like every other team. So at least we're totally focused now on that. You know, the cup can give you a little bit of distraction, so we don't have that. So we channel all our energies now into the league, and and hopefully we can you know catch UCD in the seventeenth.
0: Mark, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy cup semi-final weekend. Thanks, Oshin. This is the rewind on News Talk, and that was Temple O coach Mark Keenan on this weekend's. A Basketball National Cup Semi-finals We'll have a review Of both the men's And the women's games Next week That's it for the rewind For this week Next Monday we're back With the reaction to Arsenal against Stoke And Manchester United Against Southampton In the Premier League Don't forget both of those games Live and exclusive On Off the Ball this Sunday We'll also have Pro 12 rugby And more Gaelic football Until then Enjoy the first week Well the first working week Of 2015